98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to a clock. On this Thursday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. We are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Birdsy, what's going on? How's life at the homestead? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Got the TV on, got the D-backs up 3 nothing right now, so I got the, got, the, got the game on, working from home today. Um, but, uh, but yeah, excited. Just got the game on and ready to talk to you for a few hours. <laughs> Let's do that. Sounds like a plan to me. Let's do it. Just a reminder for everybody, our, our uh, Phoenix Children's Give-A-Thon is still underway. We're about $1.2 million. We'll tell you all the stories and how you can donate if you haven't been able to as of yet. But thank you to all of you out there listening who have donated so far as we are up to right around $1.2 million. Gambo mentioned the Diamondbacks. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. First pitch swinging, and Davis sends one towards right center. Marshall racing after it, and makes a sliding catch on the track for out number two. My goodness, what a great catch that was. Yeah, it sure was, Candy. He oh cracked that sucker down out there in oh. Triples Alley last night. Dalton Varsha was amazing. You know, you know, you know Alec Thomas in the game right there. It was Dalton Varsho playing center field. And, man, he ran that thing down. And it's like, man, the Diamondbacks have maybe the best defensive outfield in baseball. I'm like, I'm not like, oh, this isn't like, uh, what, what, what would the word be? Um, uh, hyperbole? Hyperbole? Hyperbole. <laughs> hyperbole? You used, you used like, to call it hyperbole, but yeah. I used to call it hyperbole. Yeah, yeah, hyperbole, I started, yes. I, I, I never heard of the word until I actually said it, and I said it wrong, and then somebody told me it was the way it was supposed to be said. But I think that they have one of the best outfield defenses in all of baseball. I really do, because they got a tremendous speed, just tremendous. Varsho's so fast. Thomas is so fast. McCarthy's so fast. Carroll, when he gets here, is going to be fast. So just a tremendous defense. That play was an unbelievable play. You almost couldn't believe he caught it. You had to watch it back a few different times to see it. It was a great, great catch. Yeah, because it just kind of kept slicing away from him. The Diamondbacks won last night. They beat the Giants 3-2. They're winning, as Gambo mentioned right now, 3-0 over San Francisco. We'll talk about today's game in a second. Looking back on last night, it was the Varsho catch. It was the Perdomo double play in the ninth. It was Jake McCarthy with the go-ahead hit in the eighth as a pinch hitter. Um, but I, uh, probably the story of the night outside of Dalton Varsho's play was Stone Garrett's debut uh, in a Diamondbacks uniform. RBI double in the fourth. He doubled again in the eighth, setting up McCarthy for his ultimately game-winning hit. Really cool, as always. Job done by Todd Walsh. Interviewing the parents in the middle of the game. Dad had to go buy a San Francisco Giants that's sweatshirt so because that's he was so funny. So, Stone, Stone Garrett after the game was like, yeah, that's my dad over there in the San Francisco Giants wow. sweatshirt because he didn't. I, we told him it was going to be cold and he said it'd be fine. So he had to I go mean, buy one. Right. I, 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 I love this story. I'm fascinated by it. It's so funny. Right. I mean, he did what he had to do to stay to stay warm. I think I would have just sucked it up and been cold rather than wear the opposing team's shirt <laughs> in that situation. I don't know, man. man I can't wear a giant. I'm, I'm here rooting for my kid in his debut. I can't be wearing the opposing team's gear. Okay, sim- I would have just froze. Simple solution. 
Turn it inside out. Turn it inside out. Turn it inside out. Right. Super, super simple solution. Turn it inside out. Well, you know, how much did you spend on the, on the thing? Just go to some other guy with a jacket and say, that doesn't have a team jacket. Well, dude, I'll give you $100 for your jacket right now. <laughs> $100. Bucks yeah. For your, for your, you know, members-only jacket. Dude, I'll buy your members-only jacket right now for $100. Bucks. I mean, come on. Members-only jackets. Yeah. Wow. Somebody, somebody stuck in an 80s time loop back there in their house. No, it's probably only jacket I can, only jacket I can remember yeah. right Your brain's in the 80s, apparently. Uh, Right now, and congratulations to to Stone. That was a heck of a debut. He's already got two more hits today, by the way. He's he's got another double. He's got a swing. it's, he can it, hit, uh, man. I, I, it's it's Reggie Sanders. It's Reggie Sanders' swing. You, you want to talk about a, a callback now to twenty years ago? Go Google Reggie Sanders when he was with the Diamondbacks or the Reds or just about. It's like the same swing, man. It. it I watched it. I'm like, that's that's Reggie Sanders. They, I, they I, I are going that. to have. They, and this, listen, what I like about Stone Garrett. Here's what I like about him. He's a right-handed bat amongst the sea of left-handed outfielders yes, that they have. It helps. McCarthy's a left-handed hitter. Carroll's a left-handed hitter. Thomas a left-handed hitter. McCarthy's a left-handed hitter. If this, if Stone Garrett can hit. If he can hit a little bit, right, he can play DH, he can play the outfield, he gives you an option to have a right-handed bat in the outfield on some days when you're facing a tough lefty. Now the, so I like that a lot. They're currently beating the Giants, as I mentioned, for nothing. Zach Gallen, he's he's doing another Zach Gallen thing. Four innings, two hits, uh, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts. He's only thrown 46 pitches through four, so he's been on top of his game so far as they're in the top of the fifth right now, and the Diamondbacks are up 4 nothing. They've already got a run in this inning. Let's talk about the future, though, for a few minutes. There was a story um, that you had sent to me today. USA Today Sports' Bob Nightingale recently included Tori Lovello on a list of Major League Baseball managers who, quote, might be the next to go, close quote. This after all the changes that have gone down in Texas the last couple of days um, in kind of doing a ranking of managers who might be on some sort of a hot seat. He's got Tori Lovello on that list. Um, and of the Diamondbacks managers, He wrote, quote, the front office recommended to ownership two months ago that Lavello be given an extension. Ownership decided to wait. The Diamondbacks have since struggled and Lavello is without a contract in 2023. What do we think about this? So I'll tell you what's going to happen at the end of the season is when they will make the decision. It'll be a standard all hands on deck meeting at the end of the season. So I'm not anticipating that anything will be decided before then. This is what they do. This is what they did last. Last year, they evaluated him. They evaluated his coaching staff. Last year, they kept him, and they changed some of the coaches. So what I'm expecting is, at the end of the season, standard, all-hands-on-deck meeting, and honest evaluation, and decide whether it's whether they want to bring Tory back or not. Now, it's Mike Hazen's area of responsibility, but they're not putting any pressure on Mike right now uh, to make a decision. They want to give these young guys a chance to play, see how the season plays out. They feel that there's no pressure on them to have to act right now. So that's that's what's going to happen. Whether they keep him or not, I can't tell. I understand those that want to that you know that will say he's on the hot seat because you know they're going to have a losing they have a losing record this year. They lost 110 games last year. They had a uh, they were 25 and 35 in a pandemic year. They haven't made the playoffs in a while. Um, so I understand you know what was it uh, 17 the last time they made the playoffs? 
playoffs, 2017? Yeah, 2017 was. Yeah, so I understand. You know, you've got one, two, three, four, five years not making the playoffs. We saw the Texas Rangers fire their manager. I get it. Uh, But it will be something that they determine with a staff meeting at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm a little intrigued by the the line there. The front office recommended to ownership two months ago he be given an extension. Ownership has decided to wait. So obviously they're waiting until the end of the season for sort of a full evaluation. Okay, so that's that's what you you know. Let's talk about what we think for a couple of minutes. Do we want Tori Lovella back as manager of this team? That's a good question. You you know my feeling on this, right? I don't think that we have to sit here and say, okay, they played, you know, 117 games. We really need these next six weeks to determine it. No, you've had this guy for six years. You've had him for six years. You don't need these next six weeks to kind of determine. What I will say is that um, I don't think you can come back and say, okay, let's do one more year at a time. Either you're going to commit to him or you're not going to commit to him. I can see reasons for both. I can. I would lean towards bringing him back. He's got these guys playing hard. They never quit. They were, they're really young. They're not spending. They've lowered their payroll by $30 million. They've lowered it. They're paying about 100. They've paid 125, 130 before because they don't have a contending team. There's been some mistakes made in the bullpen. It's not Lavello's fault and Madison Bumgarner. That's not his fault. But the young kids have responded. The young kids are playing well. And the one thing I will say, if there's no quit, right? They continue to play and play hard. I think that that, that, that could lead to bringing him back. I understand a lot of people don't want to bring him back. But I I think these guys like playing for him, and he, he sticks up for them, and they play hard for him. Yeah, I think that the people who would vote for not bringing him back maybe had a mis, mis, they kind of misevaluated what this season, how good it can be. I, I, I get it. They haven't had success in a while. They were never really going to have success this year. I mean, it was just not built that way. This, this year kind of is what it is and was what it was. This was always kind of how it was going to be, and, and this might sound like a cop-out to some. This might sound like, hey, you y'all always have to aspire to be better than that but I think we all knew what this year was going to be and I think next year is going to be very similar to be honest it's going to be these young guys continuing to get acclimated continuing to get closer it's going to be Corbin Carroll's first full year in the bigs I think with the hand that he has been dealt Torrey has done about as good a job as you could expect at this have there been rough spots yes the decisions in the bullpen maybe coming a little too late as you alluded to I personally think he should be back I, I, I personally think there should be, and not just because we host the Tory Lovello show every every Tuesday here. No, I, you used to have Dennis Erickson on the show all the time. I said he should be fired. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you offered I've to pack several, his bags for him. Yes, yeah, it's it's I mean, we there there are guys whose shows we've done who we've said that you know shouldn't be around anymore. So it's not it doesn't have anything to do with that. I think given the hand he has been had to play with this season, I think Tory's done about as good a job as you can imagine. I, I'd be very disappointed if he's not back next. Well, year. the thing you look for, uh, Lindsey Hunter was another one when he. He was the the, the, the uh, coach of the Suns. I said he should be fired. We did a show with him. Uh, the thing you look for is that they play hard. You know, is they're quitting this team. There's no quitting the team. They play hard. They've lost a lot of one-run games because they don't have a good bullpen. Okay, you've lost a lot of one-run games because of Melanson and Kennedy. So, you know, if they had done a little bit better in those games, they're a playoff team. They win this game today, and they're up 5 nothing. They're about seven or eight games under five hundred. Um, they, you know, they're already past last year's win total, which wasn't hard to do. I'm not going to say, oh, this is a, that wasn't hard to do because they were so bad last year. But if they finish 17, 18, 19, 20 games better than last year, I think it is progress being made by the team. When we come back, the NFL appealed the official ruling on Deshaun Watson suspension today we got the final sentence but that doesn't mean the story is over we'll talk about it next on the burns and gambo show
98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. There were rumors in the industry that it was going to come down today. I, I, had, I had read as much yesterday. And today it did. The final suspension for Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Brown quarterback, came down today and the two sides settled. It basically, it wasn't decided by anybody. It was more of a negotiation than anything else. 11 games he is going to miss. He'll pay a $5 million fine. All you have to do is take a look at the, the schedule, Gambo, do a quick count. And you quickly realize that the game that he'll conveniently be back for hmm. will be at the Houston Texans on Sunday, December 4th. Because at the end of the day, business is business, and we wouldn't want Deshaun Watson missing his first game back in Houston, now would we? No, so there was a not, so there was, he was originally, after the, uh, the first punishment, it was eight games, so he would have played nine. Correct? Uh, it was six games. Oh, it was six games. That's right. And then, but games. then they said, but then uh, Watson's side said, we'll agree to eight games. Yes, yes. That's what happened. It was six games, and then Watson's side came and said, look, we'll do eight games. Well, it ended up being 11. Yeah. So, you know, that that's what, so the, originally it was six games, and now it's 11. They kind of split the difference in the season, right? There were 11 games left. If you take the six games out, there were 11 games left for him to play in. They kind of split it down the middle, although you can't because it's not an even number, and they put a few more few more games on it, so now he'll be out for the 11 games. Look, I think a lot of people are just glad this is over with. There's not going to be you know, any challenge to it at all. That was one of the things that you know I was reading about and coming to this agreement that I was reading in the Cleveland Plain Deal or like this is this was negotiated. Like th- this is done now. You know, so it's 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 done. He's got his suspension. He's gonna return on December fourth against the the Texans, as you mentioned. Yep. And then he'll he'll start he'll go with his career. In the meantime they've got a bunch of quarterbacks. They've got Jacoby Brissett. They've still got Josh Rosen on their roster right now and those guys will have to get the job done until he comes back. Yeah and if you, if anybody out there notes a, a, a little bit of sarcasm or suspicion in my voice, I am a little suspicious of the fact that conveniently he will be back in time for that. His first game back is against his old team. I, I mean, it's like, could did the NFL want 12 games? Did did Watson push to be back for that one? Did the NFL realize it would ultimately be good for business to have him back for that one so he could play against his old team? Because that now puts That's some... a good question. You know, I, I would I, think you would want to go as under the radar as you can this guy this guy's getting booed now like in the, you know, his last game you know that the last preseason game like you know he's getting booed like they I would think if you're the NFL you don't want to bring a lot of fanfare to this hey Deshaun Watson's back I mean after what happened and a guy getting suspended for the reasons that he's getting suspended yeah I just don't know that you would want to draw that attention. So I don't know if it's just coincidence that it happened that way or if it was planned. It's a great question. I don't know. But, man, I wouldn't want that publicity if I was the NFL. And I'd be, I'd be naive to suggest – I mean, look, any game Deshaun Watson is going to play in that's his first game back is going to be an important game. Important maybe is the wrong word. It's going to be a, a noteworthy game, right? It, it could be it could be week 11 against Buffalo. It could be week 14 against Cincinnati. It wouldn't matter what game it was – 
Deshaun Watson being back is going to be a big enough story in and of itself. There's just a little extra when it's Houston, the team that he called home for all those years, and the fact that that's going to be his first game back, it just seems a little pre-planned. Now, the statement, that's only half the story. There's like three parts to the story here. Okay, story one is he's back. We know when he's going to be back. Okay, there's that. Part two to the story is the statement that he released today. Quote, I apologize once again for any pain the situation has caused. I take accountability for the decisions I made. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field and supporting my teammates. That was the statement. Then when he met with the media, everybody was shocked by how unapologetic he sounded to all of it. But at the same time, I have to continue to push forward in my life and my career. And for us to be able to move forward, you know, I have to be able to take steps and put pride to the side. And uh, I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence and, and keep pushing forward. And I've always, you know, stood on not disrespecting or sexual assaulting anyone. What do you apologize for? For everyone that was affected about this situation. There was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women that accused you of this? I've apologized to all women. So any Anybody that was affected, even yourself, every, everything. So I apologize to everyone that was affected about this whole situation. One notable NFL insider on Twitter. Um, has the NFL signed this settlement yet? Like, Jeez. I know, right? Like, I mean, look, come like, on, okay, dude. Listen, I don't know what happened. I mean, we could all assume what happened to those massage parlors. Okay, we could all like, you know, we all kind of got a. There's a reason he suspended 11 games and he accepted the punishment. Okay, I stand on my innocence. Yeah. But then he said he wants to be accountable and he apologizes. So which is it? But if you're standing on your innocence, why are you apologizing? Like why you know, why didn't you just if you really believed you were innocent, well why not just fight this, you know, all the way through? It doesn't make a lot of sense, and I know a lot a lot of people in the media attacked him for accepting the settlement if he's claiming he's innocent. Right. Right. Especially when he made comments, and I think he did like a, an interview with ESPN last week. Quote, I'm truly sorry to all the women. My decisions I made, I would definitely like to have back. Six days later, quote, I stand on my innocence. I'm not guilty. And, and so, look, the suspension's going to stand. Nothing's going to change. But, yeah, you're right. A lot of people in the media, and I'm sure a lot of fans, too, were like, man, when, when he said that, Twitter just kind of went crazy for about 15 wow. minutes. Like, oh, my, what did he just say? You know, kind of thing. I think the state. That was really the slap in the face where there were a lot of people that were triggered. Yeah. The word like there were a lot of people that were triggered. Triggered. Well, this is this. This is about the women. Yes. <laughs> OK. This is about all those women that accused you of this sexual assault. It's, it's about them. So like that's really there's a lot of people that were triggered. I want to apologize to everybody because people were triggered. Yeah. Like, no, what you, is he trying to say there? Exactly. It's, it's like, no, apologize to the women that you, you used your power as an NFL player to put the them in these horrible, awful, uncomfortable positions. So that's part two to the story. Now, part three to the story, and we've talked about this before, not to make this just about the football, but the lead story on ESPN.com right now, headline, with Deshaun Watson out 11 games, do the Browns make a move for Jimmy G? And we've talked about this a few times. Is Now that you know, do the 49ers have a suitor when it comes to moving Jimmy G if they're so inclined to do it? Fair question. I mean, you've got Jacoby Brissett, you've got Josh Rosen, and you've got Josh Dobbs. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than all of them. Like, he's better than all of them. 
But does Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo could go there and start for 11 games. And if I'm Garoppolo, I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity to start, not be a backup. And if I'm Jimmy G, I might want that opportunity. Hey, 11 games is better than none. I could go places and be a – and that's a good roster too, right? That's a talented roster. You might be able to win with that roster. So if I'm Garoppolo, okay, I'll go there for 11 games and start, and then I'll be the backup for five games, and I'll be a free agent. Hopefully I play well enough to where you know I show off my talent and somebody's going to want to sign me as their starting quarterback next year. Yeah. Makes sense for Garoppolo. For the Browns, you know, I don't know. What would it cost them? I mean, you can think about how much money they're paying Watson. How, what would it cost them to – to bring in Garoppolo, because Garoppolo's probably going to get cut, right? We all kind of figure he's going to have to get cut. They're not going to be able to trade him with that contract, you know. And then what's the competition? Like, does Seattle, are they waiting for Garoppolo? Because they don't have a quarterback. Seattle has no quarterback. Right. And I think they should just, I think Seattle should just go with Geno and lose a bunch of games and get the top quarterback or second best quarterback in the draft next year because it's supposed to be a pretty good quarterback class. And Jimmy G just might make them too good to do that, whereas Cleveland's got a whole different set of criteria they're operating off of this year in terms of their expectations. It might be worth it for them to go get them, depending on what they'd have to give up to make that happen. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the kids can't wait, and we're hoping that if you have not responded to our give-a-thon yet, you will next here on the Burns and Gambo show. The Give-A-Thon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station and the Arizona Sports app. Give-A-Thon on the Burns and Gambo Show. We uh, cannot fully express how grateful we are to everybody in our audience throughout the course of this past week. Uh, the Wolf and Luke show, the Bickley and Murata show, everybody over on KTAR News. How grateful we all are to all of the audiences, everybody out there listening. If you've had a chance already to donate to Phoenix Children's Hospital, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, because this week, for us, we, we look forward to it every year. Gambo, we, we, we really gear up for it, we get ready for it, because we know how important it is. We know how important the hospital is. It's always been been such a gem and such a bedrock in our community for the last, you know, however many decades that it's been there. And uh, before we continue to tell stories, just a heartfelt thank you to everybody out there who has donated up until this point, because it's been uh, wildly successful so far, to say the least. It is. It is. I mean, we have such great listeners at our two stations that that support so many great causes. And, you know, our company, Bonneville, is is dedicated and determined to giving back to the community. It's 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 at the it's a bedrock of what our company stands for. It really truly is giving back to the community. So being able to be a part of this just makes us all makes our, our hearts feel real warm. And, and as we say, the need is great, and the kids can't wait. So there's kids in this hospital battling cancer, heart defects, traumatic brain injuries, and your ability to help them it, it does not go unnoticed. Currently, there are 344 kids in the hospital right now. There are 26 in the newborn intensive care unit on the main campus. Uh, there's 94 kids in the emergency room right now as we speak at Phoenix Children's Hospital. So yes, the need is great. And that's why if you haven't had a chance to donate yet to, again, this gem in our community, the Desert Financial Phone Bank is open for you. 602- 933-4567. Now, if you're having some issues getting 
through, um, please text the word give to 620-620. That's another way for you to, we'll send you back a link for you can donate that way. If you're having some issues getting through, but you want to donate today, 602-933-4567. We're already at about $1.2 million raised. We've got today and tomorrow left, and we're very much hoping that you'll be able to get involved. We also have great help from all of our partners and community and business businesses here in the community. And right now with our latest check presentation towards Phoenix Children's, Verco Decking. Hi, my name is Floyd Lavely, and I'm here today representing Verco Decking Incorporated. We are extremely excited to be a part of this year's Giveathon. Verco has been a proud partner with Phoenix Children's for several years now, and therefore we are very honored to be able to present this check to them in the amount of $5,000. On behalf of the 100-plus teammates of Verco Decking, we thank you, Phoenix Children's, for being there for our community, providing world-class care, because when it comes to the future of our children, every moment counts. Please call 602-933-4567 and donate. Thank you. No, thank you, Floyd. We appreciate your $5,000 donation. How about that? Burko Decking, outstanding. Great donation. Great way to get us started, Bernsey, on this Thursday as we continue to raise money for the Giveathon for PCH. Why we do this every single year, why Phoenix Children's Hospital is so special, it can be summed up in the stories that we've been telling all week long. And it's time now for another story of hope, and it's presented by Madame Holmes. It's Layla's story. Imagine being a labor nurse. You work around moms and newborns for a living. Now imagine being a labor nurse who happens to be pregnant and at 24 weeks you become terribly sick and life immediately changes for you and your baby this is Layla's story I'm Paula and I'm Tony and this is Layla's story it was absolutely perfectly normal pregnancy and then it just like out of the blue I got really sick and wound up having her I believe kids ought to stay kids as long as they can Turn off the screen, go climb a tree, get dirt on their hands. It all happened so fast. I got there at 2 o'clock and she was born at 5. You know, me as a labor nurse knows that a 24-weeker is not good. There's a lot of issues 24-weekers can have when they're born. I really didn't know what was the possibilities of things going wrong until I she told explained her. it to me. We literally didn't think that she was going to make it. Most 24-weekers don't have very good outcomes. The nurse practitioner tried three times to intubate her, and I begged her and started crying just to save her. And they tried one more time, and she was actually able to intubate her that last time. That first night was very hard. Not knowing if she's going to live or die, never knowing if I had to hold her before that happened. It was very, very rough. Monday after she was born, we sat down with the neurologist. They explained that she had the grade four brain bleed on one side and a grade two on the other side, that, you know, there's a possibility that she may never walk or talk. That's when they gave us the option if we were going to keep her on life support or take her off life support. So we sat as long as she wasn't suffering and she wasn't in pain and she wasn't hurting, that we wanted to do everything possible for her. And she's here today. got to bring our baby home finally after 115 days but with a 24 week your journey is never going to be over they have lifelong medical issues 
it's like they say a roller coaster. I believe most people are good and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. The biggest hurdle for her is is what kind of future is she going to have? I want her to be just like her sister and not have to worry about anything but being a kid. Our new normal is to whatever's going to help her live a happy, healthy life. Do I think the roller coaster is over? No. Do I think that we're in great hands with PCH for whatever else arises? Absolutely. Every hurdle that we've gone through, they could help us at PCH, and they have made it as easy as possible for us to go through all these challenges. It's not like going to a normal hospital, like we were driving on the way here, and she actually wanted to go to PCH, her hospital. They treat you like their family. I believe most people are good, and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. She thinks of PCH as her hospital, and she's not scared of it. They've helped us through our struggle, and then some. I know that there'll be a next challenge. I am not unrealistic to think that there's not going to be with her, but we're ready for whatever challenge comes next because we know that we are in good hands with them. If it wasn't for them, our daughter wouldn't be where she is today. I believe most people are good. I love that story. Oh, that's a great story. I, story. I mean, just being on life support, yes or no. I mean, that's such a tough decision. Hey, as long as she's not, you know, in any pain, let's let's you know, let's pray. Let's let let's see what can happen. And 115 days, and they they got they got to bring our home. I, that you know, that's a fantastic story. And you could just see. I mean, even despite having you know well, medical care for the rest of her life, just the love that those parents have for their daughter is amazing. It is. It's an amazing story. Their journey is not own not over. It's never over as they say, but they're in great hands at PCH. They're going to continue to go there. They know they're going to need to continue to go there. And the fact that it's there for them to continue to go there is remarkable. And that, that to me, is why this is one of my favorite stories that we've told is because that really highlights the importance of the hospital. They are going to be a foundation for this young family for years and years and years. And that's why your donations are so important. And that's why if you haven't done it yet, Right now is a great time because we've got a match going on right now. And this match is coming to you from Sam's Club. Sam's Club. Every single dollar you donate over the next several minutes will get matched by Sam's Club. Now, what we're asking you to do is become a champion of hope. $20 per month is all we're asking. We know it's tough because of what's going on with inflation and the economy and things of that nature. But if you become a champion of hope, if you donate $20 per month, a teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name and we will do that today and your $20 becomes $40 thanks to Sam's Club but you have to call the Desert Financial Phone Bank 602-933-4567 602-933-4567 Yeah, a real chance here to bring joy to a child today. I mean, as ch- children in that hospital and some of them are having really hard days, bad days and you know they're, they're going to be in a hospital today and tomorrow and then some you know for a long time and your ability to give that child a teddy bear today and i'm telling you i've been there me and bernsey have been there walking up to these rooms and i've got a teddy bear that somebody had made a donation they became a champion of hope and i'm able to go in and give this child a teddy bear and say it's from you it's it's such a cool experience and the smile on those kids faces like everything changes man they've got this and they hug that bear and they uh, they just love it so these are great bears too so uh real excited for you to become a
a champion of hope if you can do it. The Giveathon for PCH. This is a great opportunity because we are in a match, so your money is doubled. I love the way you phrased that right there. You have a chance to make a kid very happy today with that teddy bear. Take that chance. Have your donation doubled. Call the Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. If you're having a hard time getting through, you can also text GIVE to 62620, and we'll send you a link so you can make your donation that way. And you hear the music. That means we're in a match. Sam's Club right now is matching dollar for dollar every donation that comes in right now. And because we've already gotten so many, we fire up the train Teddy Bear Express. We've constant communication with the hospital. We've got enough donations, enough champions of hope out there that we can load some of those teddy bears. But there's always room for more on the train Teddy Bear Express. So please give us a call. 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. Become a champion of hope today at Phoenix Children's. Now, when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, while your calls continue to come in, we'll turn our attention back to sports. We'll turn our attention to the Arizona Cardinals. He is confident in the guys in the cornerback room right now. He might be the best of the bunch, says one prominent NFL analyst. We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, normally we do it at 2.30. We moved it to 2.45 with the Giveathon segment that we just did. And again, thank you to everybody who called. But we've got Eric here. He's got our Twitter poll question of the day as the Arizona Diamondbacks continue to be winning over the San Francisco Giants. 5 nothing. the score right now. God, Zach Gallen has been so good he today. So He's been good. so good. Six innings, two hits, no walks, ten strikeouts. Ten! He's sticking it to the Giants today, man. He's sticking it to them. Yeah. I just always wonder what the Marlins, you know, what they think of that trade now. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're happy with Jazz Chisholm over there. Yeah, they, they are, but man, to, to have an ace pitcher, is, it's hard. Yeah, pretty sure they're happy. I mean, I like, I like you know, I listen, I like Jazz Chisholm, too, but it's easy to, it's easier, you know, to find, you know, a second baseman than it is to find a, an ace pitcher. Uh, I would agree with that. An ace, as long as that gallon truly morphs into an ace, and it does appear as if he's on his way. He's been really good I'm today. the back's ace. Uh, for <laughs> sure. Well, I, I, but remember yesterday, I, was it yesterday the day before, you brought up, you know, one Brother game Kelly scenario. Yeah, who yeah. would you rather have start, Merrill right, Kelly a, or Zach Gallon? Right, but if you said over a full year, I think that, you know, that Gallon is your ace guy. But I was just saying, in a one-game scenario, right now with the way Merrill Kelly's pitching, he would be my guy. Yeah. Maybe that's a poll question for the future. Uh, maybe it is. What's the poll question for today? Because it is about the Diamondbacks. Right, and about their future. I don't know about you guys. I cannot get enough of Stone Garrett, and that sparked a little conversation early before the show today. D-backs obviously have a collection of young talent. Everybody's looking towards the future. So, when will they make the playoffs next? Your four options are the 2023 season. That's next year. Then 2024, two years from now, 2025. And then your final option, 2026 or beyond. When are they making the postseason next? The I would go to infinity and beyond. <laughs> oh, no, that's a buzz light year. That's a buzz light year. 23, yeah. 24, 25. Or 26. Or beyond. Beyond. Not okay. next year. Not next year. Not next year. It's either 25 or... Well, it's either 24, I'm, 25. I'm going 24. Not next year. Mm. 20, I'll agree, 24. 
Yeah, this one a little bit all over the place except for the leader. 41.5% agreeing with both of you. 2024 could be the year they have their eyes set on. In second place, way down the line, 23.2% is 2026 and beyond. In third place, 21.7% is next year, 2023. And in last place is 2025. Yeah, next year, it'd be great. I think that's a tough ask. The Diamondbacks, last time they were there was 2017. Again, right now, 5 nothing. Diamondbacks are beating the San Francisco Giants looking for that four-game split. But that's the poll question. You can find it, as always. It's put together by Eric every day. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. One word on social media, at Burns and Gambo, is where it's at. Yesterday... We talked a lot about Antonio Hamilton and some comments that he had made about how he thinks the secondary room, the corner room in particular for the cards, it's good. Like We like the guys that are here. We don't think we need to make any additions. We're good. We think we'll be fine. Of course, Gambo, you've long been a proponent and have suggested for a couple of weeks now the Cardinals will make a trade to add a corner at some yes. point. You think sometime next week that could happen potentially for the cards because you get that kind of important second preseason game out of the way, right? Right. Yeah, I'm still expecting that that's the way it's going to go down because I think if they would have signed a street free agent quarterback, I mean, they could have done that three, four weeks ago. Um, you know, to sit here and, and, and not have that done. Uh, you know, the, the Robert Offer, the Kenny Kings, the players like that that we've talked about, uh, Jack Rabbit, uh, Jenkins, like... The, those guys didn't get signed. They've got they've got bigger goals to get a better cornerback than those players, and I fully, fully expect that that's going to happen via trade and probably next week. That being said, there was a really interesting segment this morning on Good Morning Football that we wanted to pass along to you with Peter Schrager, who's, you know, I wouldn't classify him as a Cardinal insider, but I think that's one of the teams that he certainly knows a little bit more about. He talks a little bit more about on that show. And so we often kind of listen in when Peter has to talk about the Cardinals because it certainly seems like he's got a lot of knowledge of the, the organization. He's been putting together a take a chance on me team. Uh, perhaps he's a big ABBA fan. I don't know, but that's what they're calling it. The the take a chance on me team. Guys who maybe are being a little undervalued, who maybe aren't on the radar. And he focused today on Antonio Hamilton and how, in his opinion, Hamilton might be the best cornerback right now on the Cards roster. Suddenly you look at a Cardinals cornerback room. Um, Antonio Hamilton might be the number one corner on this team. Let's go. He has played really well this summer. They're really excited about him and there is no Patrick Peterson lining up in this room it's going to be Byron Murphy obviously second round pick he's going to get the name but Tony Hamilton might start Okay, so maybe he he said the best cornerback on the roster. I don't know if he's better than Byron Murphy, but certainly his ability to start on this team, I think that's a possibility for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I not that we're overlooking him, but we just, you know, we came into the season like they don't have a true number one, and you were looking, can they get a true number one? Obviously, the Jeff Gladney situation, a terrible tragedy. That was a guy that they thought could be a, a one or, or a two for them. I No worse than a three, but they really liked him. They kid out of TCU. Um, but I think now, you know, they haven't really, since since the unfortunate passing of Gladney, they have not been able to really replace him. They've been looking. They haven't been able to do it. And maybe the answer is right there. I mean, maybe it is. Now, Hamilton is, is adamant that they've got 
the guys that they need. They, they, that this room is good. They're, they're playing well. They haven't given up any big plays, and they've got the talent to handle it. I still expect them to go get one, but Hamilton has been one of the leaders at the forefront of saying, hey, the guys we have here are good enough. And if nothing else, he has also been at the forefront of telling his story. His journey just to get to this point has been, in his words, extremely tough. It's been extremely tough, you know. I, I was a walk-on in college. Uh, I was undrafted. Uh, almost every year I've been in the league, I've been the last corner on the depth chart, so I've always had to fight my way all the way up. And uh, I never had any handouts and was never any gimmies. I, everything that I've gotten in this league, I've earned it through and through. And and I'm going to continue to do it until I'm able to, you know, take care of my family in a way that I want to take care of. Like, I really want to retire my mom. You know, I've been in the league for seven years, and I haven't gotten that opportunity yet. But, you know, I, I trust in God, and whatever that's going to be for me is going to be for me. And I, I'm just going to keep fighting and keep clawing at this thing until I get what I want. And it's, and it's a cool story, as unlikely as it might sound that he could be that guy. I remember Gambo, and we talked about him yesterday. The Cardinals had that guy on their roster last year. Rasul Douglas. And Rasul Douglas. And, mm-hmm. and he's went and become all of that and a bag of chips with the yeah. Green Bay Packers so far. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, right? I mean, Rasul Douglas, you know, they had him and they, they let him go and he went and he, and he prospered. I mean, some, and that's a guy, like, when you're looking at these, like, I'm sure when the Packers got Rasul Douglas, they didn't realize he was going to be one of their top two cornerbacks. Right. You know? But he was, you know, because, you know, he's a guy has been on a couple different teams and Hamilton, I mean, I, I was watching that piece you said that Traeger did on him. Released, sign, release, sign, release, sign, release, sign. I mean, I mean, that guy's had a journey. But I love those guys that are motivated by that. Like, what's his goal? I want to retire my mom. I want to retire my mom. I want to, is that, you know, he's scheduled to make about $1.8 million this year. be by far his biggest payday in the NFL. Um, but he said, like, you know, I have a goal. Like my, so guys like that, you know those guys are going to give you everything they have. They're fighting and clawing to stay in this league and prove that they belong. And he's, he was a walk-on in college. I mean, those guys, you, I don't really, you don't really question the heart on those guys because their journey has always been so hard that you know they're going to give you an effort, you know, such an effort to make the team. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, of the 14 playoff teams last year from the NFL, which has been deemed the least likely to make it back this year? I'll give you one guess, and you probably won't need it. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show.